Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So because the Oakland Athletics have done something nice, which is be 20 and 60, I realized that we're at the halfway point of the season because those numbers are easy to add together. <laughs> True. No, that's good. Yeah. Similar to the Twins being 40 and 40, I guess. I could have I could have started there. But uh, so we're at the halfway point. I mean, it always, it always sneaks up on me, I feel like, mm-hmm. the halfway point. And it's just like, wow, they've already played 80 games. Same. Yeah, I just did. I had that same realization to today as well when i was looking at someone's stats and being like i was, I was gonna try to do the mental math of like how many home runs do i really want this but it's austin hayes yeah. how many home runs do i really want this guy to have and it was like he should be having like at least 25 home runs and i was like oh eight i wonder what the mental math here is it's like oh no i just have to double that yeah i know he's yeah. way off that pace that yeah. i want him to be on yeah yeah it's it, it is Right. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, it's better to now be to now think double. But I feel like we were just talking about multiply everything Triple. by three. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's like multiply by two. And from a fantasy perspective, you're not even unless you're in roto, you're not even going to get the rest of those. <laughs> no. Right? No. I mean, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. It's so so head to head versus roto is so different. You have real appreciation of like the full season in roto, mm-hmm. and in head to head, you really get this like this person's season was great and it was like well his first half was great yeah and then he sort of held on a little bit and then he fell off a cliff in september but uh fantasy playoffs were over so you didn't notice it or you were out you know so you don't really get that for a second there have been a lot of players like that where it's like wait i yeah. thought he was like a top 20 player and yeah. then all of a sudden you're like no it's because the second half sucked i actually think of that as the uh not to make everything about him but the reverse byron buxton because every year you know he's like he's out for so much of the season but then he somewhere has a stretch that's important so his full season roto numbers look fine and then oh yeah yeah every year yeah if we could just but he's an absolute head-to-head nightmare yeah (laughs) oh yeah it's terrible yeah there are some players like that where it's just like yeah just don't even look at it you want to do a tgfbi check-in yeah we're pretty much converged it feels like so i'm at 90 up from down from 81 you're at 251 down from 246 i mean halfway point in the season i expect slow growth for both of us from here on out yeah i really thought that i was going to have a good week i had some extra starts that were supposed to happen mm-hmm. i felt like i had some good matchups for my hitters and even looking at my stats individually I was like, oh, decent week. Hey, I'm going to make some some hay and stolen bases. Nope. Yeah. Got nowhere. I don't know. I don't know exactly what's happening. I mean, I feel, I'm, I again, I should not be disappointed to be at 90, <laughs> but I briefly feel like, mm, I really wish I Keep could. Keep on what, yeah. Pitching, pitching is not, high, right? pitching's just not doing it for me right now. I think I had, I crystallized a lot of wins early on, and um, it's really hard to, to keep up in pitching over the course of the season because there's just no pitchers available there's no pitchers available (laughs) no no the you know the big ad on 
for my pitchers was actually just because I had him on my bench was Ranger Suarez. Yeah. But I had just had him on, I'd been stashed him on my bench for, for a long time. I feel like, I mean. So, Sandy, yeah. I didn't start him this week. Two starts, I, not good starts. And I just decided no. No. Oof. Ah. I, I Which mean, is bad because I mean that probably means I should drop him, but I can't. I can't because it. Wow, could you imagine dropping him? I mean, uh, you you have to assume that on a full that full season that he's going to return some of that value. Mm-hmm. His stats right now: five point oh eight ERA, one point two five WHIP, seventy eight Ks in ninety five innings. That's what's astounding. I don't think we expect him to be here forever. Like it's not like. Over the next four seasons, he's going to be a five-year-a guy. I don't think. Yeah. No. It's just like, but man, does this hurt right now? He's not going to get under four. It would be really hard. Halfway point of the season, it'd be really hard. Basically, we need to have a three-three ERA through the end of the season, which he showed last year he could do. How many? How many? Um, how many wins does he have right now? Two. That's the. That's. Well, it's with other thing about you know having a Marlins pitcher is it's like. Even the best of instances, it's hard for him to get wins. Yeah. Um, I have one question for you, also relevant here. Jordan Westberg is still available in my league. He is going to disappear next week. What am I going to bid? That's a... How much do you have left? I have 750 left. I was thinking somewhere in the 180 neighborhood. I've never done this before, so I may as well do it, is sort of my feeling. Oh, he's available in my league too. I've never done I've never done a big like here's a prospect I should go for it. I did last year for the first time. I put a ton of money down for Batty and then he instantly went back. Looking pretty good this year, but uh not helping me, not helping my 2022 20, team. I mean, Westberg, I I could easily see him going for over 200. I'm going to try him at 180, 170, see what happens. Yeah. Does that seem that seem about right to you? I think that's right. I'm okay. going to put in the same. Okay. In that, in that same range. So if anyone in our league is listening. I know. I know. This is a, this is a good way to flush people Please download out. more podcast of our podcast. It's a, yeah, um, <laughs> it's a good way to flush people but, out. Let's do this. Okay. This week on the pod, um, it was going to be just a full-on discussion about opponent quality. And then it quickly turned into a, what are we going to do when data disappears discussion, which... Oh, uh, <laughs> so annoying. Which we'll get into here. And then obviously I'll talk about opponent quality. That's the important thing here. Because I actually ended up with a pretty cool product. All right, I made a nice. I made an offhand comment last week or two weeks ago that it would be a bummer if 5:38 data changed right after I found this great readable CSV API, like <laughs> straight up treasure trove. And then, lo and behold, Friday this week, I got an alert on GitHub that somebody had opened an issue in the MLB API because I was like, well, I should see what it is. And this issue was somebody said. MLB hasn't updated in a few days. What's going on? Go to the MLB page, and it says, we've archived this. We're not updating it ever again. Okay. Okay. The MLB page? No, the the 538 MLB page. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. That makes sense. Right. Oh, I was going to say that that would be funny if the MLB was just like, fuck it. We're not doing this anymore. Well, so, I mean, this has actually been one of my tenets in data scraping for a while, which is why I hadn't gone fully 538, which is... Okay, try and get as close to the source as possible. Like, absolutely. Try and scrape the I, MLB data because yeah. they're not going to go under, <laughs> right? Or if they go under, fantasy's right. over. So, like, okay. Uh, 
And I mean, that's one reason that I've I've tried to resist some of the fan graph scraping, even just because you know I, you never quite know what's going to be mm-hmm. what's going to be live. Yeah, I'd prefer not to. Yeah, I'd prefer not to. I, I had the same thought when I was figuring out the um, wins and losses, uh, you know, and tracking. And it's like I got to go somewhere that's I can't do. I don't want to do fa- fantasy pros or or fan graphs because. You know who knows? Yep. They're always asking for money. Yep. And and then, so I ended up using CBS because simple. I'd use ESPN, but ESPN changes things all the time. <laughs> I know. Like drop of a hat. Oh, that's so typical. But then I realized a couple of things. One, uh, maybe I could actually step into the void and and create a couple of their products, which is a little fanciful. But I mean, yeah. some of the things that they produce are basically like you know win loss estimates or given game percentages and then they have some pitcher quality stuff that we're not ready for yet but uh could be could be something interesting in the future but i'm still interested in this question of like the statistics of how likely is a pitcher to get a win based on opponent quality and that starts with a few things which it primarily starts with well how likely is a team to win a game gonna win (laughs) to win any game right in the first place yeah yeah and so I have a new stat for you here that, uh, well, first first let me give you some terminology. First, the normalized run differential. This is the the run differential that you're seeing divided by the number of games that that team has played. Because I want something that, I want a stat that we can track over the course of the whole season. I mean, run differential is nice, but it's this unnormalized. But it grows the whole year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. this unnormalized stat. And so I was just thinking, okay, I'm just going to try... What happens if we divide it by the number of games played? This is a place where I think we could imp- improve the statistics. I mean, you can already see the holes in this, which is that this is going to be bad early on in the season when you have fewer games. It's really tough. It's always yeah. better later in the season. Somewhere in there, there's got to be better stats. Uh, okay, let's just put a pin in that. My first stab, though, at this was try- just trying a, a boxcar smooth. Have you, you, you boxcar smooth data? No. So it's just basically taking the average, the rolling average of some number along the data stream. So like we have this data stream in time and it's basically saying at any given time, I want to define this as the average of the 10 closest points to that date. Oh, okay. So it's like, okay, over the last, or, you know, the MLB where things are constantly moving forward, it's like, okay, over the last 10 games, what was your run differential average? Okay. I never heard that term. I I get that. I've. I haven't done it, but yeah, box, boxcar smooth. I mean, it has to do with it because the function that you're passing looks like a boxcar. I like it. Train nerds, boxcar, train nerds, boxcar smoothing. So, um, so you, yeah, you. I mean, come on, you're passing the boxcar over the data stream. How much? It, how much makes, more do I? Yeah, with well, moving window. Um, <laughs> yeah, moving window basically. But um, okay, so and I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that in a little bit because that's not a stat that you can find. I mean, it's not a stat that somebody's produced, but it is actually going to be a useful one for us. You have to produce that. We have to produce it. Although it's the, I tried to make it be one where you could actually look at games and be like, I have a good sense of what the box, what the boxcar smooth run differential is. All right, but what I'm actually interested to predict win losses is the run differential differential on a daily basis which is i couldn't think of anything better to call this i'm open for the run differential differential (laughs) i'm open to suggestions uh but this is this is your run differential minus the run differential of your opponent okay 
so and this is this is what I was trying you can to say run differential delta. It's the run differential differential. Okay, yeah. Delta delta run differential is probably if you just wanted better. another if you just wanted something else to play <laughs> okay, around. Okay, all right. All right. That's that's fine. This this is I think this was kind of the the brainwave that I had which was well, okay, if I know that the team is this good based on their run differential and they're playing this other team that has a not very good uh-huh. run differential, what does that actually mean? So in this case, large values mean that you're much better than your opponent. And now I'm doing this on a normalized basis again. So the numbers that you should be thinking of for a given team are like plus minus four. So like the best teams score on average four more runs than their opponents. And the worst teams score four less basically over the over the course of the whole season. So this conceptually, this means the run differential delta could go from minus eight to plus eight if you had the absolute worst team playing the absolute best team, right? So this is like... <laughs> this is like the Yankees playing, playing the yeah exactly the the best team playing the yes. Athletics, um, and I what I wanted to do was basically put this in bins this this number going from minus eight to plus eight, and say assign to each bin assign to each game that's been played this season to want to a bin, and then look at the the win rate of teams in that bin. So, oh, binning is always a good good starting point yeah well i couldn't i couldn't figure out how to not bin it right because it's a it is a fundamentally what's called binomial statistics right which is a win or a loss so uh-huh. what i needed is some sample that has something in common that i could get a win loss rate right because like ones and zeros are not super useful in this case it's they're so hard it's so hard to model so i was trying to think of like okay for for games that are between say run differential delta of minus two and minus 0.5 what's the ratio of games that's one there and that's that's what i've given you here actually um this is so this figure is the run differential delta uh for every game that's been played this season and based on those games that are played which team what what are the win percentages in these in each one of these bins and something really nice appeared, which is there's actually a very obvious trend. <laughs> there is a there is a linear trend. Though it's amazing at the at the very very edge, it's not following that trend. No, and I I don't know exactly what to make of this. To be perfectly honest, I mean the the uncertainty bands get huge because there's basically no games out there. I mean, for the for the most yeah, part, right? Fewer. There's like there, oh, yeah, there are very few yeah. games between where <laughs> the normalized run differential or the run differential delta is six. That's like that just doesn't <laughs> happen, <laughs> you know. Um, the yeah. vast majority of these games are are between closely matched teams. So, which this fit was not forced yeah, to go two. through yeah. five hundred, by the way, either. <laughs> so the fact that at run differential zero that it does is is it was already a good sign to me. That is a good. That's a really good sign. Good, a good call out. Um. So wow. So a run differential of zero goes through fifty percent. That's almost too. That's almost too good. I know. It. It seems. <laughs> it seems suspicious. And I, the thing that I'm now really wishing that I had done was actually give you like an an, an example case. All of the examples that I gave you are like, <laughs> or all of the uh, all of the examples that I gave are like these already manufactured products unfortunately uh-huh um 
because because ultimately what I did was I actually tried to use this to to predict a couple things for us. Uh, but th this this is the product basically the fact that I I can't actually believe that this that this works and it feels like there's something actionable here already. Well, yeah, and you gave me predictions. You want to talk about your predictions? Yeah, I'd love from it. yesterday. I'd love to talk about these predictions. I mean, this is always a challenge to figure out how to how to validate these, of course. But yeah, you can you can tell folks those. Sure. All then. right. I mean, so yes. I mean, the the assumption is you gave win percent uh, win probability percentages for each one of these. So the assumption would be that you would you would say that what the like the one that you were most confident in was. <laughs> Atlanta beating Minnesota. Very depressing, but I mean the the run differential there. The so I did these. I actually ran these on the boxcar smooth because it turns out that's slightly more predictive. Yeah, of course, because that tells you right now. Yeah, exactly. So and basically, the Braves in the average of the last ten games have been plus three versus their opponents, and the Twins have been minus one. So they ended up in this bin that's this bin this run differential delta bin at four which meant they had a 75 percent chance of winning yeah but then the interest i thought the interesting one was that you called detroit to win versus texas which if you weren't doing that boxcar method you probably wouldn't have you probably would have had texas i was i was actually quite surprised about that one um but i mean the number numbers don't lie there i mean it was much closer than it was definitely much closer than I thought it would be. I mean, the thing is, I have—I would say I have four games that are in that roughly 50-50 bin, which was Angels versus White Sox, Texas versus Detroit, Mets versus Brewers, and Orioles versus Cincinnati. And of the ones that of the ones that I thought were more likely to win, fifty percent of those won. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm actually taking that as as successful. I mean, the thing about the thing about evaluating whether these are successful is that it will take time to evaluate the predictions. Mm -hmm. Um, and whether, well, because you, ha I have to rebuild up a statistical. Well, you could sample. have, you could train this. You could train this and go backwards and and see how it, how it does. It is, it is true. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure this is quite close to what five thirty eight was doing. <laughs> honestly, to be like to be perfectly honest, I mean, this these look very similar to their old predictions. Like everything kind of between mm -hmm. most games are between 40 and 60. Over time, you have to build up a statistical sample to say if, if something is, is right or wrong. I did run this on 2022, and the relationship was about the same, a little bit tighter. Um, but I was curious about to to set it up for this year and just see if what the, yeah, yeah. What the numbers looked like. So what we got for today? Yeah, so that's what's below the figure here. Um, again... I mean, the, basically, because because Atlanta beat Minnesota by four to one yesterday, that number hasn't changed. <laughs> there's still, there's no, still, it hasn't changed at all. Yeah. The most surprising one to me, honestly, though, is Giants versus Blue Jays. Um, the the this model based on the recent the recent goings on is like pff, the Giants are going to win. I yeah that that actually doesn't surprise me. They really it really thinks they're going to win eighty seven percent, and this is no home run road split stuff. Yeah, I this is this is the least fancy version of this. I'm sure that's another vector that they have. Is a yeah, I mean, split thing. So 538's explicit. The the reason that I'm harping on this is because I I'm kind of I was kind of thinking, well, maybe I should try and produce their something very close to their product. And 
they have a base model that I assume kind of looks like this. And then they have adjustments for the pitcher going that day. And then they have adjustments for right. home road and yeah. travel split. So, so I think my perception of my guess of what's going on is that I've basically just reproduced their base model. And then there's adjustments that happen on top of that because it's, it's right. true. And this is sort of, sort of what we're trying to extract out is the pitcher piece. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but so, so the question to me, so thinking forward, I mean, you basically you basically hit the nail on the head, which was like, what, where should I go with this? I I like having this, I like having this overall thing, um, and I think there's still something actionable here in general. Um, mm-hmm. Like for instance, I, I mean, I I don't know, I don't know exactly what what you'd want to do with this, but like basically Joe Ryan going today for the Twins, that's not a good win opportunity in fantasy. <laughs> no but th- this is this is my sandy alcantara that yeah he's probably not gonna get a win even if he even if he does pitch well yeah because boston is 60.6 percent chance of winning yeah so I, I mean i think i think there is already actionable fantasy stuff here i think i would like to tweak this to gear a little bit more at the pit at the starting pitchers themselves that's a you know another yes definitely another level of analysis um that i'd be interested in doing but i think for now i'm actually just going to try and produce these predictions on a daily basis from now to the end of the season this is not in the final usefulness for fantasy because all i can tell you in broad brush strokes at the end of the game who's most likely to win (laughs) i can't tell you I can't tell you if whether the starting pitcher got a yeah. win, whether that means that one team has a lot more runs than the other one. Yeah. So I did I did try this on I did try this on total runs scored as well after our conversation of a couple weeks ago. Um the relationship's still there. It's a little bit noisier in general. I'm sure. Um so I which which I was a little surprised by because run differential is inherently the you know, is already the difference of two numbers. So I thought that there would be a more noise because, you know, you're basically adding you're adding differences together. And so I thought, well, if I just go straight yeah. to the numerators, <laughs> it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but surprise, surprisingly, more scatter. Still, still a relationship. This just this one was just tighter. I think that about brings us to the review session. Luis arise. I mean, funny time to talk about him. First of all, um, second of all. Is he a first baseman? I mean, he's eligible, so... What? That's... <laughs> that's... Yeah. But I think the, the point was, like, he's actually eligible. Noted first baseman. <laughs> he that is... That you can find at second base. How many... I mean, has he... Is he gonna... Has he played any games at first base this year? I gotta look. He has played... Last year, he played 65 games at first. This year, he has played two. Well, who, who cares? He's first base eligible this year. We can talk about him as a first baseman. Yeah, let's talk about him. Uh... It's funny because he's also completely in the news this week, right? Because halfway point of the season, he's batting four hundred. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess well, I should well, do. I guess I should today, do. Today he's just just under. Well, three ninety nine. Okay, all right. So stats on on this Miami Marlins team. Um, he's played. He's actually only played seventy three games, but in three hundred and eight plate appearances, thirty four runs, thirty seven RBIs, uh, three home runs, one stolen base. <laughs> But let, let's be honest here. It's the 111 hits that corresponds to a 399 average. That's the yeah, marquee yeah, number yeah. here. 412. Yeah. This is bad, bad. 412. All right. So he's so he's major regression. 
Last year, it was 331. I mean, his his bad MIP is always high, right? I mean, and his batting average is always mm-hmm. high. He was 316 last year. He was 321 in 2020, 334 in 2019. I mean, the guy is a hit machine. Even his, his, down, yeah. his down year is 294, right? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, no, he he knows how to hit that ball. He doesn't really doesn't do much. <laughs> no, that's that's the thing that's that's really surprising about him. I mean, I didn't weigh in on our league's group chat about MVP, but he's not the MVP because he's not actually that valuable to his team. <laughs> no, no. But also, no. The other my one complaint about what the Marlins have done is that he played more than half the season not batting leadoff. Like, what are you doing <laughs> as a Marlins organization if you're not leading off a guy who is, who's batting 400? Dude, teams that you're like, I wonder why they're bad always, and then they do stuff like that. Yeah, he should be leading off. I mean, they figured they figured it out in their in their defense. As of June first, he's only he's only he's batted leadoff in every game that he's started. Wow, they really want to get Gene Segura some extra at bats. But it's well, they, they batted John Birdie, they batted Jazz Chisholm, who who is injured right now, which may have been actually the main reason that they're trotting him out at first. Uh, he's got a bat leadoff. There's never been a more clear yeah. leadoff hitter in the league. I mean, in the time that we've played, I feel like well, he doesn't steal bases, which he doesn't steal base. But who cares? Who cares? He's on. He gets on to on onto first base. That's the most important part. This, I mean, their lineups are confusing because, so setting aside yesterday's, I mean, Arise leads off. Then they have, they go directly to Solaire, which feels wrong, which feels not like who you want it at batting second. And then Brian nope. De La Cruz, which feels like maybe he should be batting second. This team is so bad. <laughs> yeah, note. I know. It's, I know. It's, it's not good. Uh, it's Ooh, been, John Birdie. Poor John Birdie is, was batting ninth the other day. Yeah. Yeah, without Jazz Chisholm and a whole lot of Jorge Soler, you really don't have much there. These are all waiver wire guys. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like but they're but they're guys that are like just on the waiver wire, right? It's not like this isn't like we're staring at an an A's or a bottom half of the Washington Nationals lineup or something, right? No, these are definitely guys that I've looked at and have had a two-week period where it's like, mm, should I own Garrett Cooper? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah, they're they're known players. They're not quadruple A players. It's like, who is yeah. that? Who's starting for the A's? Yeah. But that's why you know they're not winning many games. No, and I think, and I mean, the cynical side of me thinks that's what's helping Arise bat 400. Is like they just have so little else going on with the team that man. I say that, and they're forty-five and thirty-four. Well, they're not second place in the NL East. They're not bad. (laughs) They're not that bad. They're not as bad as this. They're not as bad as this lineup suggests they should be. We'll put it that way. They have a negative fifteen run differential. Yeah. So normalized, they're always on the wrong side of this curve, right? They're they're not favored in any single game that they go into. Based on what, everything we just talked about, <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, unless they're playing the Nationals or the A's, that's true. The that's the only time that they'll go to a, on the on that positive side. But minus fifteen, I mean, you can think of this as you can you can just normalize that by the eighty games. So they're always basically at this like minus point three, point four, point. Yeah, they're eleven games over five hundred and a negative fifteen run differential. I bet if I did their, um, I bet if I did their strength of schedule analysis, they've been coming out. They've been 
going a little easy so far. Well, they're and this is their run. It's their run scored three hundred and sixteen runs scored. Well, um, Braves are at four thirty two. I don't think anyone in the no one in the AL East is below three thirty nine. Three thirty nine. Wow, Yankees are the lowest in the AL East three thirty nine. But that's kind of like I mean, you look at you look at Arise's numbers here. He's batting four hundred near near enough to four hundred. He's only got thirty four runs. <laughs> that's like I, like yeah. He, you would think that he would have more runs with with being on base that much. Yeah, for the no. guy who's gotten 111 hits this year, <laughs> like the fact that you convert a third of those, less than a third of those into runs, is like, Oof. yeah, it's not a good conversion rate at all. It's crazy that he bats 400 and he's got more RBIs than runs. <laughs> it just really feels like the nobody is knocking him in. The feels like the team construction is wrong at that at that point. I mean. But would you rather have Pablo Lopez? Well, I I mean, I was disappointed when the Twins traded him because the Twins actually could use a guy who gets on base mm-hmm. consistently. Yeah, you could lead him off. That would be great. Whereas it's not as obvious what... It's not as obvious... I mean, look at this lineup. It's not as obvious what the Marlins are doing with with this in the first place. Not taking advantage of it, that's for certain. I mean, yeah, could you imagine if Arise was on... Like any other team, but the and the Angels, yeah. How much would he be scoring if he was on the Orioles? How much would he be scoring? Yeah, Mariners. He would be. Yeah. he would be doing pretty well. He'd be helping that team, but but he himself. That's the reason why he can't be the MVP is because by himself he is not exactly. He's not doing it. No, hundred percent. I think the thing is is that. I don't see the Marlins trading him this year. Because no. because especially like they actually must they're probably actually a little disappointed that he's hitting so close to 400 because that narrative is so strong that you can't trade him because you need to see him you need you want it to happen on your team if it's going to happen, right? <laughs> no, I don't I don't think that they would want to trade. I think that that's I think they're excited by that. I think their marketing department is super excited. No, that, that's my they point. Can, the they marketing department but for, but from a baseball perspective they should trade him for whatever they think their next iteration of team is because he's not he can't do it by himself he's not a team by himself no but yeah yeah but here's, here's the other crazy thing he's 26 which means that he could do this for another five years four years easy <laughs> four or five years yeah mm-hmm. well, if he's keeping his babip for for 12 yeah and that's the thing. That's the thing that I found surprising. I, I actually hadn't. I for some reason I thought he was a little bit older. I thought maybe he was like twenty eight or something. But I mean, that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I I had the same the same thought too. But then it's like, oh yeah, because I guess he started. He just came out with the Twins and and in his twenty two year old season and played half a season. So I mean, it makes sense then. Yeah. But yeah, he's never was a really highly touted. Wasn't a huge, highly touted prospect. He was a guy who just showed up and played and played pretty well, but not so well that <laughs> that everybody was interested. No, it, I think that this it's cool. So I guess the over under is four hundred. I I think I think he does it. You think he does? I it? think he does oh, it. Wow. I think he's made it through some of the. Right, I'll take the under. I think he's made it through some of the worst worst. I mean, the harder part conceptually of the season to get there, I think. How many did you have to do to be eligible? Uh, do you know what that is? 
I don't, I don't know what the number of PAs is for that. I mean, he, he must he must be. He's getting close. He must be fine. I mean, it can't be more. It he I mean, he should crack 600. Oh, yeah. The same. Yeah. Is he going to have as many play appearances as he did last year, which is 603? That feels feels like about the right number. I mean, he, he does. He has sat for. I mean, they do give him off days. He's not like. He's not playing every day. No, no, no. Well, I mean, yeah, he's such a he's such an interesting player. I mean, he feels like a baseball player from a bygone era. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it's probably part of why you liked him was because you could imagine him being on that '91 Twins team. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like oh, this right. guy makes perfect sense. Just batting right in front of Kirby. Well, because I, I mean, I idolized Puckett because I loved that he batted, you know, three twenties, three thirty. Yeah, and I thought I thought that yeah, was I mean that was the stat that I was really excited about, and it's like. It's awesome. And it's like he should be like Arise should be doing that. This is great. It it is true that he well, that power is so pathetic. Well, yeah, but and he's also one of those guys that actually his value is diminished by the fact that he just doesn't steal any bases because when everybody else inflates their base stolen total and he's just and not he stealing bases, that it's, depresses yeah, his value hurt. quite a bit. It depresses his fantasy value. I mean, I think he's his fantasy. He doesn't have much fantasy value. I mean, the the batting average is huge, but and I guess 110 hits he could move the needles uh-huh. for a team. But you're taking the L and stolen bases and home runs for that. I think a little bit, a little bit of it depends on your team construction. I mean, I so I as an Arise owner actually have struggled to fill the one actually the first base spot with a guy that I'm super happy with, and Arise is not actually the worst guy to throw in there because it's not the must-have power position that it's been in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you're not so far behind if your first baseman isn't hitting 35 home runs <laughs> this year, in a way that you've mm-hmm. in a way that you've been behind in previous years. So I've been kind of using that first base position to shore up my average. He's not- yeah, that's true. I mean, in the context of the first baseman that we've been going through this year, it fell off a cliff really fast right yeah it was a christian walker clip yeah. it was like yeah. everyone after christian walker has been like we really want this guy <laughs> yeah and i mean i think arise snuck in there as a mostly as a second baseman but i do think he has utility at as a as a replacement first baseman if you need it i mean more than more than anyone else that we're going to talk about for the rest of the season just skimming ahead <laughs> <laughs> and who are we doing next week joey menaces Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind and Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind and Z. All I've got left is, we're still luck to you, buddy. We're still luck to you, too. Yeah!